You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Alex Wallachy, and I'm here today for Unsolicited Opinions with opinion columnist Nagina Pirzad. Hi, Nagina. Hi, Alex. <laughs> um, so we're here today to talk about tipping. Yes. Tipping, and, not cow tipping. Yeah, not cow <laughs> tipping, not just the tipping, just tipping. <laughs> Money tipping. Yeah. yeah. So how did you start writing this column? Yeah, so I I don't know if you've ever heard of the skim. It's this really great news thing that you can sign up with your email. And so I read that every morning and I get little bullet points of like what's going on in the news. And um, I think it was last week or the week before one of the little blurbs was about Danny Meyer, who's the CEO of um, like the biggest restaurant chain in the nation. And he owns most of the restaurants in New York City um, from like cafes to like the super elegant high end restaurants as well. Um, And so he is working on this whole thing where he is trying to phase out tipping in his restaurants because he just doesn't think it works. He likes the European way, I guess. Um, But yeah, so it's becoming more and more popular with restaurants, um, mostly in bigger cities. I've seen like with my research um, in San Francisco, it's starting to become a thing as well. But it mostly started with um, Danny Meyer and um, his restaurants that are super popular in New York. That's really interesting that it's like going to a more European way of doing it. But I was reading an episode in, or I was reading an article in the magazine Wired about how tipping started. And it started in like these hotels and restaurants in Europe. It did. Yeah, it started in Europe. It came to America from the Europeans. But then Europe phased it out because they're like, this is inefficient. Um, there's a lot of inequality going on. People are being judged for like the way they look and not really for the way that they're working and stuff. And it, it just made it a lot easier to get rid of it. Um, but then Americans have kept it because they're like, it's motivation. Our workers will work harder as they should. Um, and I guess it kind of makes sense because in bigger cities like New York, the like price of living is so much higher than like somewhere like Eugene or something. Yeah. And tips really help the waiters and waitresses out. But and then I there's, think- yeah, well, then there's this yeah. other argument that why don't wages go up? Why does it have to be on the customer? Why can't these like restaurant giants like Danny Meyer just raise the wages altogether? Yeah. And that's interesting because I'm pretty sure the minimum wage in New York is not bigger than the minimum. I think it's actually less than Oregon's minimum wage. Yeah. The cost of living is incredibly high. Exactly. There's complete, there's an imbalance going on and so his whole solution is let's get rid of tipping, but then we'll raise prices like menu prices and food prices and then he wants to add this sort of hospitality charge on people's tabs that is just the solid fee that everybody has to pay kind of like so everyone will basically tip the same in the hospitality charge exactly so it's not really tipping it's not up to the customers like to decide oh i think she deserves 10 percent and blah 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 18 percent. no it's just this is a strict hospitality charge But then that doesn't really go to the pockets of the waiters and waitresses specifically. He wants to um, also give it to the people in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. But then I think it all gets collected together, though. So then in the end, everybody, all staff can just get paid more. But then that's still the customer being the one who has to pay this extra price, which I don't think is very fair. And that's a little confusing because he's not directly raising his workers' wages, but he's raising the price on a lot of things. Exactly. His menu prices he wants to um, raise and the hospitality charge is what he wants to add. 
It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> crazy business. So we're anti... What's his name? Danny Myers? Danny Meyer. No Danny S. Meyer. Danny yeah. Meyer. Let's write some stuff. Let's right? write him. Okay, well, apparently he is a person that a lot of people in New York listen to. He was one of the first people who said no smoking in restaurants mm-hmm. like a decade ago. Um, and once his restaurants got rid of smoking, um, everyone kind of was acting like they're going to boycott him. But statistic- like looking at his numbers and stuff, his business went up mm-hmm. because and people... Didn't- were liked that they liked that there wasn't any smoking going on and wasn't it also like giuliani doing a lot of stuff about that like, exactly yeah. yeah so then they're like so if, he's if ahead of the danny times. wants it he's gonna he's gonna make his move so he thinks this whole no tipping thing is gonna make a big difference like a big change in like the american tipping culture which is like ingrained in our society that's so interesting yeah yeah well have you ever worked have you ever worked for tips um as a kid I used to work for like a family's like food cart and stuff and we would get the tips but like that wouldn't really do anything for me um and because I didn't have that personal expertise um for this article I kind of reached out to some people because I'm like I've never been a waiter or waitress like officially (laughs) not for family so tell me how it works like do you live off of these tips do you think it's fair what do you think like kitchen staff thinks Um, so it was really great actually I talked to um, a senior here at U of O who works at Panera and that's a sort of like a la carte style restaurant mm-hmm. where you can tip in a little cup by the register. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's still up to the customer. It's just a different type of tipping. And her whole thing is that it gets so all the tips gets distributed to the workers that were working during a certain amount mm-hmm. of time. Um, and then some of it goes to kitchen staff, but the majority of it goes to the people working up front. And she actually works in the kitchen. And so she thinks it's kind of unfair um, the way that works. And then the, and the, she just doesn't think that Panera is a restaurant where tipping works, really, because of there's yeah. not a lot that comes through in that cup. So she doesn't think it's a huge deal. And then I also talked to somebody else, this guy who has graduated from the U of O. He graduated last year, and he now works at the sushi station um, out by Fifth Street in Eugene, kind of oh, towards yeah, yeah. the downtown area. And that's a sort of like bumpin, trendy restaurant where it's the waiter and waitress, and then he brings the More receipt. More traditional restaurant experience. Exactly. Traditional restaurant experience. People write in how much tip they want to give. And he says he isn't necessarily dependent on the tips, um, but it definitely helps. Yeah. He thinks it kind of doubles what he gets from minimum wage, so it's a big help. Like, he thinks he would be struggling um, and li- kind of living paycheck to paycheck if he didn't get his tips. Yeah, I used to work at like, it's kind of like a Panera thing. It was like a small, it was called the Waffle Window. It was basically like off the side of an actual restaurant. There was just our station and it was food cart-esque and we had like a big jar. But I remember I could count on like 15 bucks a day there. But at the restaurant, like the wa- actual waiters and waitresses got a lot more tips, but they also like tipped out their bus boys and they... I actually don't think they tipped out the chefs, but the, like, line cooks and the chefs made more per hour. So that kind of balanced out. Right, right. Yeah. And so it's interesting, like, that the restaurants you're talking about wouldn't necessarily be raising wages, but they would be increasing prices and cutting tips. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And then the way I kind of um, looked at... looked at the whole situation through Josh's lens, kind of gave me a new perspective because of how much he makes. 
And I think that just shows like the difference in demographics and like geographic differences because of Eugene is such a smaller city than New York or San Francisco or somewhere like that. Um, like you get your people who come all the time, your usuals and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so Josh actually really enjoys the tips. He thinks it's a great incentive. He likes the sort of competition that comes like with him and his coworkers. That's not like too crazy or anything. It's just like fun competition um, to see who can get the most tips out of um, the people that they see all the time and stuff like that. And his boss does the same thing where it's, um, I think, 60-40. 40 goes to kitchen, 60 goes to wait staff. And he thinks that's pretty fair and he hasn't heard any complaints from the kitchen. And so if um, the tips did go and there was this new hospitality charge in menu prices, he thinks that business would probably go down just because of, in Eugene, the people who go to the sushi station like wouldn't necessarily want to pay higher prices according to Josh because there are a lot of students he says a lot of international students go there um, a lot of domestic students as well so he doesn't think that many prices should be raised and the voluntary tipping is great because people can decide how much they can afford to give yeah and when you're like looking at a menu price you're generally not factoring in tip you're not like well I can afford ten dollars oh no I can afford twelve dollars because I need to tip two dollars exactly if you raise that price that could really scare away people exactly I would just say like in a perfect world there would be no tipping, no service charge, no increase in menu prices. Um, if wages could just go up, that would be great. Just because, like, as a college student, I'm always like, how much do I give? Like, this mm-hmm. month I have a smaller budget than next month. So I kind of base my tipping off of just how much I have and not mm-hmm. necessarily, oh, she's a great waitress. It's more yeah. like, I will if I can. If I can't, I'm sorry, you get 8% or something. Um, So I just think it would be a lot easier if we got rid of tipping. Yeah, that's really interesting. Do you know of any other places in Eugene or like Oregon in general that are getting rid of tipping or don't have tipping at their restaurants? Nowhere notable in Oregon I have seen of closest I heard of was in California that have been making the big moves. But maybe that's just what has been in the news because they're more significant. There may be smaller businesses that have. Yeah, no tipping. No tipping. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I really loved those tips, though, when I worked. Obviously, like, who doesn't love more money? But it right. also inspired me to tip other places, and now I'm very aware of tipping mm. um, a lot more than I was, even if it's, like, a pizza place where they don't necessarily serve you. It's like, oh, that person's making minimum wage, and they're standing next to that hot oven, and their pores are full of pizza. I'm going to throw a dollar in. That's true. That's true. Exactly. That's why I think it should. the voluntary tipping should stick. Um, if, if there was a change to happen or if something had to stick or whatever, I think the voluntary tipping should happen because it should be up to the customer. Um, I just don't think that hospitality charges is necessary or increased menu prices. Food is already expensive. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Eating anywhere that's not like, you know what? Even Safeway is kind of expensive. Mm -hmm. Not a Safeway fan. (laughs) The hot foods aren't bad. (laughs) debatable let's see tipping 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 the tipping point it's interesting because then there's also like bar tipping that kind of popped into my mind while I was writing this article yeah and I feel like you're expected to to tip so much higher at a bar because people are like oh if this is your first drink if you tip high the bartender will remember you and cater to you a little more than other people and stuff and I just think that's super awkward too because I'm like I have like maybe eight seconds of face contact with you when I tell you what I want 
and the rest of the time I'm just worried about like what I'm stepping in and what I'm touching like I just <laughs> That's don't a great point. it's so true like I don't think you have that much time spent with those waiters and waitresses and yeah mm-hmm. they are working hard they're going back and forth dealing with drunk people and stuff but I don't yeah. know it's kind of their choice to work there <laughs> like, it's a very hard job and I appreciate what they do especially if they actually bounce the annoying drunk person like I would really appreciate that more but another part of it just becomes like well how much does my meal or my drink or whatever seems overpriced affect how much I tip. Exactly, because drinks are so overpriced at bars and yeah. stuff. So then I'm like, when I have to put a couple dollars on top of this? No way. And she's like, why? Do- why? Exactly. I don't get it. But then again, people like bartenders and in other, I guess, professions, they, tips are a huge deal. Yeah. Well, I feel like tips for a bartender is very much the point. Like, I tip when I go, but then I'm also just like, ugh. Everything's so expensive. But I think there are definitely people who are, like, really spending at those bars that are really tipping as well, especially as the night goes on. You always hear stories about bartenders going home with, like, $100 just from, like, crazy drunk people. But I'm sure that isn't a universal experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And it's just like, well, where do we draw the line with other things? Like, if it's the holidays, do I tip my mail per Or not mail person, because that's the United States Postal Service. But <laughs> uh, do you tip the person who delivers the newspaper? Do you tip the person who trims your, I don't know, trees? I don't have a gardener. But, <laughs> like, when does the tipping stop? We're talking more about the food industry, but there are so many other places where you could be tipping. I think tipping is is a nice gesture when it happens, when you're the person doing the tipping and also receiving it and stuff. Like, it's a nice little interaction that you can have with these people that are doing something for you. But then what I don't like about it is that it kind of creates this hierarchy of like, you worked for me, I'm the one with the money, you need the money, so here it is. And I know like, it's not, that's not always the case. Like, it's not always like this, hmm, you know, yeah, it's, it's power. Exactly. twirling. But I think it creates it like subconsciously in our society. I think it definitely creates it like the tipper to the tippy. I'm judging you. I'm watching you. I'm watching your performance type of thing. And I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. Yeah. That's a great point. I don't know. Yeah. And it's also like how much. Like my grandma gives the guy who washes her window at the gas station a dollar. And he gets really happy about it because I don't think people usually tip. But then is a dollar like offensive? I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's coming from my grandma. It's sweet. But... Yeah, well, I've noticed there's kind of a generation gap with that. Like, sometimes I'll go out to dinner with older relatives and, like, be like, oh, I need to go back in and, like, actually tip more because they just, like, haven't faced anything with inflation or they're just like, oh, no, $2 is a great tip for this $40 meal. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I'll be right back. (laughs) It's acceptable. It's because they're cute old people. Yeah. Yeah, there are just so many distinctions. There are so many categorical issues. There are so many problems with, like, how much you tip, what is the etiquette, and it just doesn't seem like it's universally known. If only there was some sort of Emily Post's guide to tipping in the 21st century. Right. And I just, I hate that it's seen as, like, I was reading a lot of articles and a lot of reviews about, like, what Danny Meyer is doing, and a lot of people are just treating it as, like, an un-American thing to, mm-hmm. to stop tipping. And I don't think it's un-American. I just think, I don't know, we should do what's more efficient and more logical yeah. and not, like, 
this is tradition. I don't think tipping is that big of a tradition. I don't think we should be that sad to lose it if it does go. And it's like, well, how American is it if it came from Europe, but also, I guess, most of America came from (laughs) Europe, so... Well, it's not American unless it came from Europe, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So in that case, it is, you know, uniquely American. (laughs) I love that. It came from Europe. The Europeans stopped doing it because it was inefficient. We kept doing it and now claim it as our own patriotic duty. And now when Europeans come here, they're super confused and they're like, wait, oh, I bet. what? Yeah. Calculator now? Or they just forget. I remember when I was in Europe, I would tip randomly and mm-hmm. people told me like, no, that's offensive. They're getting paid like what they're getting paid, you know, like they don't expect it's, anything it's from you. It's offensive to tip? Apparently in some places it was. Some people wow. were like, I don't need your two extra euros. I work for this person, not for you type of thing. That's really interesting. Yeah. I heard that in Spain. Noted. Really? <laughs> yes. Wait, were you like told off by your waiter? I was told off by somebody else who was there that I wasn't with and who wasn't, it was kind of a third party type mm-hmm. of situation. And they were like, don't do it. Because I think they were also like in the restaurant business, but they're also a customer at that place. And they're like, no, don't do it. Because the way I would take it is this. Like, I don't work for you. I work for my own boss. Blah, blah, blah. You're American. You don't need to leave money everywhere, <laughs> you know, type of thing. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> uh, well, I feel like going out of this, I still don't know how I feel about tipping. Right? I'll, like, I'll keep doing it because it's expected. And it seems nice, but when will we have a concrete yes or no? Maybe Danny Meyer will make the decision for us. Maybe Danny Meyer will run for president. He will abolish tipping. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Get nothing else done, but our tipping (laughs) policy will be set. Well, I guess when in doubt, just go to fast food restaurants well he also owns the shake shack which is great (laughs) in new york so that's a fast food little kiosk joint that's true because we like in independent businesses they're always a little tip jar but we don't tip at fast food places that are like national chains like no no one tips at mcdonald's Mm -mm. there's that little thing for change for like the ronald mcdonald house charity but that's it that's it i think they're like no we don't want to deal with that yeah keep your pennies and those are probably the people who might need tips the most, but but we don't do it. Tipping inception. There's just so many issues and so many no sides answer. to it. There's too many sides to it. Yeah. So too many Danny Myers. There needs to be one decision that everybody sticks to, and that be it. Yeah. Like no smoking. That worked out. Yeah. I love going to restaurants and not worrying about sitting in smoke. Yeah, it's great. I love it. It's a great public health campaign. Yeah. Nice work, Danny. (laughs) So this is our message to the presidential candidates for the 2016 United States presidential election. What is your proposition about tipping? What are your tipping expectations? Ben Carson, what do you think about tipping? Hillary Clinton, what do you think about tipping? I guess November 11th, we should just hijack the debate and ask our own questions. We're going to do some tweeting after this. Yeah, we're going to we're going to tweet at some presidential candidates (laughs) about their tipping policies. I actually wonder what they think, because there are a lot of underlying issues like the wage gap and pay equity and labor laws and rising costs and stuff like these really big issues that are definitely related to tipping. Um, So tipping is not. Yeah. The tip of, of the tipping of the of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. If you agreed to pay people more, you could get rid of tipping. But it doesn't seem like anyone's doing that. No. So keep tipping. 
until the presidents respond to our tweets. Yes. To presidential candidates. Well, thank you for listening to Unsolicited Opinions. Nagina, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Do you want to tell people where they can find you if they want more of your opinions? Definitely. I'm on Twitter and the Instagram if you'd like to look at my pictures. (laughs) No, yo, yeah. Yeah. Insta away. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, I'm just Nagina Pepina. N-E-G-I-N-A-P-E-P-I-N-A. And you can find me there. And my name is Alex. You can find me at Twitter at wall 2 Nice. Yeah. I mean, if you had a wall in your last name, you'd use it. Like, I'm surprised more people don't. I mean, I'm using the little Ina. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta use what you got. You gotta exploit what you can from your last name. Exactly. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being here. And keep listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. This has been Unsolicited Opinion.